When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We got Megan, we got Eric, we got Rudo coming to you live. You know, I thought we were going to have a casual, laid back, let's talk about around the league today. Nothing crazy. But Devon Taves decides to sign a seven-year $7.25 million per extension with the Colorado Avalanche. This has been swirling for a little while. Taves had said he wanted to get it done before the season starts. He had to wait until after game one to get it done. Initial thoughts on this Taves deal from you two? Backflips and cartwheels. <laughs> no, it, it's wonderful piece of business. And Chris McFarland just continues to impress with what he's able to do, and similarly, there's something really positive that I'm sure we're going to unpack in the next entire segment yep. about how much Devontae's wanted to stay in Colorado. Yep. I think that it's a testament to what they're building here, and that's the other huge piece in why this even gets done. And it was known at the start of camp that he wanted this to be done before the season began, and it won't serve as a distraction moving forward any longer now. There's clarity that Devontae's and Kale McCarr get to continue playing together for many years to come. Yeah, it's it has it has helped solidify a lot of questions I think we had over the offseason. Um, you know, what is Taves' future with the team? Or if it wasn't Taves, what was it going to be? Now you don't have to think about any of that. It just, it's Taves and Makar. Full stop going forward. Eric, how does C-Mac keep getting guys <laughs> on such good deals, particularly defensemen? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's masterful. I mean... I say it all the time. That trade a few years back is, is one of the best trades, if not the best trade of the last five years in the NHL. I mean, it's if you look at it and you really, I mean, we should do that one day, nitpick all the, you know, the top five trades the last five years. I, I, this, it's a tough one to beat. I it's mean, for, good, obviously man. with the outcome that we've seen yeah. with the cup and, you know, playing with McCarr. And I, again, playing with McCarr, <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not that easy for people to say, like, you got to be able to, to – to play the game the right way, to make sure that you're cerebral enough to play with a guy like Kale McCarr. But guys like Kale McCarr are so special and so different that sometimes like you don't really know what he's going to do. And and it, it takes a special player to play with that. Devontae's, be able to read off that Yeah, you got to yeah. be able to read off of that. And and you can see on the flip side of things, Kale McCarr is absolutely in love with Devontae's. I mean, he, he, he praises him every chance he gets. Uh, and, and with reasons, and and you're right, C Mac and, and Joe and those guys obviously got done a few days ago. Just you know, uh, not knocking a few the last little details yeah. here, but 
kudos to them. It's it's awesome. But I always say kudos to the player too. Of I've been around. I have been around. Uh, you know, Avs or or different teams, and guys always say, yeah. I want to spend the rest of my life as an avalanche, and you know it's all good. But at the end of the day, money talks, yep. and then it's, it's so you look at their statement, and you're like, we're not asking you to obviously take the biggest discount, but if you want to have a championship team, you want to make sure you keep key pieces. You might have to take a little bit of less, and then we used to always say, how many steaks can you eat? You know what I mean? Like, and, and somewhere, somehow, this is a great deal for Devontae. If you were to ask them seven years ago, you're going to be signing seven years from now for, you know, a gazillion dollars. You'd be like, oh, yeah, course, oh, yeah, yes. where do I yeah. sign? Yeah. You know, so, but, but again, he's done the work. He's an outstanding human being. He's what you want around your locker room. Compliments the best player on the planet, Kale McCarr. So it's an awesome deal for the Abs. Well done. Well done by C-Mac and Joe. And, and well done by Devontae's because... He would have gotten way more money oh, yeah. on the open market, and we know that. But that's where I raised my hat, and the statement of, hey, I want to be an avalanche forever really stands true for me because a lot of times, like I said, guys say that, but <laughs> in the long run, money talks. And I get it, too. I get it, too, if that's what it is because you get one career, you get one shot at free agency, and I understand that. I am not saying that you're a bad guy for thinking that. I just don't like when guys say, oh, it's yeah, I want to stay here, but... You know, money is not important, but at the end of the day, money wins. And it's like, <laughs> just say, hey, I'm going to go where I can secure the most money. And, and I respect that. But that's why I like what Devontae's did, because he said it and he put his, you know, backed it up by, uh, by his actions. A couple of avenues I want to take off of that. First, I don't need an exact number. Uh, roughly, where would you rank Devontae's in the league as far as defensemen are concerned? I'll go first and then I'll give it to you. Like, uh, for me, he's top 10. Okay. Oh, you know what I mean. There, there's some special players out there. I, I put, I put Kale and you know of in course. there. Obviously, I mean, I, I call him the best player on the planet, so <laughs> he must be on one hard of the best put, days. Would be hard to put anybody ahead. <laughs> of I him. put Kale as four, and you know, I'm kidding. But you know, there's Kale, there's Fox, there's 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 a few guys, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you have to respect Yossi and again, well, Eric Carlson got a hundred points, whatever. I mean, there's guys like that, but there's you know Headman. You know he, he's done well the last. He's getting old. 10, but he's getting old. But so for me, Devontae's because of all the reasons I just talked about. And if you look, if you look at the numbers when he's in the lineup, it's it's crazy, it's crazy. And then when he's not, and I think it's 7:35 hockey. I think over the last it's, few it's years, a it's, ridiculous it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's all valuable. This guy. So I do believe he is a top 10 player in the league. Even though he's now the 29th ranked mm -hmm. defenseman, if you go by salaries. Yeah, that, well, that's what I wanted to Sorry, say. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, no, you're good. But, Megan, go ahead. Sorry. I have him in the top 10 as well. Yeah, nice. And it's, I, I love that this is going to go into a conversation about contract value. Because in looking at this last summer and the summer before, there are some big-name defenders that have been signed to contracts that are sort of a, a good frame of reference. Because you look at recent contracts, Buffalo's doing the most in, with yeah. Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin, yeah. two really young defenders signed to for Power 7 by 8.35 and for Dahlin 8 by 11, which set the bar pretty high. I think people were looking at Dahlin's contract like, is that a frame of reference for Taves, who is a little bit on the older side when we start looking at some of these other defenders. <laughs> Vince Dunn, four years by 7.35. Dmitry Orlov is an yeah. interesting comparable because he's 31 
and it's so short in term, Just but he gets 7.75 yeah. for two years. That's what I think makes Tave's contract interesting because obviously the age is a factor yeah. in giving him that amount of term bodes a little bit of a risk, but I think we'll talk about later too we will. Yeah. how this contract we anticipate it's going to age because I think compared to these players that I'm naming here, I, I still think it's going to age very well, even for Taves being a little bit older. Because you look a summer before this last, and there were some kind of sillier contracts handed mm -hmm. out. And I think that actually was where the market value was more or less set for defensemen moving forward. And we're looking at another summer where the cap is anticipated to go up for each team. That is a fact that Devon Taves is also aware of when he goes to the negotiation table. Yeah which makes what he agreed to with Colorado even friendlier than yep. we might fully appreciate in this moment. Agree. I'd and and I'll, I'll add one more thing about what I said about Taze. Like the player, you got to raise your hat to him because he he did what he said uh, meant to him, which is yep. to be an avalanche. But go back to Kel McCarr as well, too. Kel McCarr did the same thing. Kel McCarr could have gotten more, you know what I mean? And we all know that. I mean, it's the deal. Gonna, Again, that's a deal. He's gonna get a max I contract mean, <laughs> on his next deal. I'm just saying, somewhere, somehow, like you win with good people, and and they're good people. Kale and, and Devontae's are good people. All I'm saying, if I was Devontae's, I'd be like, yeah, I'll give up 500k to play with Kale McCarr for the rest of my career. <laughs> like, I'll play for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, and you got to remember, and I think every team is situational. And, and it's easy to, to blame Buffalo sometimes. Like, oh, God, you know, 11-5. But Buffalo is Buffalo, and I'm, I love Buffalo. But sometimes it might not be the most inviting destination. And, and I mean all That's the respect in the world because yeah. I, do, I do love going there. I've been going there my whole life, and I love the people from Buffalo. So don't take it the wrong way. But, but they're, they're, they're building, and they're finally getting out of the bottom. And... And for them, it's important to keep Darlene. And, and, and if they have to give him that number, then Dan Projections say that that number is the right number, right? You know what I mean? So that you would get it somewhere else. So I, I, I don't get mad at that. Everything is different. Everything is situational. And then the other point I want to say, too, is, is the PA, the Players Association. Yeah. A, hey, listen. A lot of pressure. I was a player. Get paid, man. I was. And, and it's outstanding where the PA has gone from you know, 50 years ago to what it is now. It's, hey, listen, these guys have done a, a lot of work. But there's also internal pressure that come from the PA, you know what I mean, on, on those types of deals. And, and you know that Devontae's, you know, had talks with the PA and everything. And somewhere, somehow, that's why I feel that it's so awesome what Devontae's did. And I, I, we can't take it for granted. I think we have to appreciate it as fans that this guy really wanted to be part of this team, yep. you know. Uh, I want to talk about it more, but we do have AJ's rant from uh, the initial acquire of Devontae's the chat <laughs> has been asking for so you can uh you can pop off with that yeah like those are not two guys that you think of as as together <laughs> yeah uh, oh right. shit uh oh <laughs> okay well the abs just acquired Devontae's for what for second rounders in 2021 and 2022 Okay. So this is the top four guy that they were talking about, and he is an Islander. So let me tell you about Devon Taves, because <laughs> I fucking love this guy. <laughs> he is a picture-perfect fit for what Colorado wants to do. Literally, literally a perfect, a perfect fit for what Colorado wants to do. 
And he is an RFA. Devontae's is really, really rock solid. He's a really good skater. He is a ultra try hard. He's going to fit in on on the 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 left side of this defense. I guess it, he could play the right too. Uh, he's going to fit in really nicely. Uh, he drives play better than just about anybody other than uh, McCarr will on this defense. And defensively, I would take him over Ryan Graves. I, I don't. This is confusing to me. Yeah. Because if they could have done this this morning, Ryan Graves doesn't get a three million deal, right? Or a three-year deal. The Ryan Graves contract makes a lot less sense now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the Devontae. Okay, so there you go, Chat. Are you happy with your rant now? <laughs> uh, I did want to move into what Megan was kind of talking about here, though. It is a seven-year deal. Devontae is not young. I think you can realistically expect some fall off at a certain point in this contract. Last two, three years may not be a valued contract. We'll put it that way. But that gives you a reasonable expectation of what? Four years of really top-end Devontae's for the Avs to work with? I'm going to go four or five years. And I think their window is four or five years. You're always going to pay somewhere somehow with those contracts, right? Yeah. It just always ends up being that way. No offense to the player or any player by any means, but it's mother nature, right? Whatever you call that. like uh, Father time comes for everybody. Father time. It just comes for everybody. I mean, I, <laughs> you can't go backwards. You got to go forward. So, um, But he's in good shape. He plays a smart game. And guys like that are so smart. Like, they... They don't get themselves in bad situations where they do get, you know, again, let's knock on wood, but mm. where they do get killed. And, and they're so smart the way they play the game that you can play for much longer, uh, have longevity in this league. But you're right. I would say four or five years after that, it might become, you know, whatever it is. But, but I think the Avs window, looking at their roster, looking at their core, if you say you got to go bet the next five years... I do believe they're in the top five team every year the next five years of people counting on them to win the Stanley Cup. Yep. I'm inclined to agree with Eric that it's even in the five range, five, five to six, maybe that's getting ambitious. Yeah. And, and there's a couple reasons as to why. Um, one, it's because he's 29 turning 30 this year. So Correct. he is on the older side, but I think positionally, a lot of defensemen take a little bit of time before they really reach the height of what they're good at I anyways. Yep. And there's a couple things like pros and cons to why I still think that it's going to age well at the end of it all. The pro is the benefit of playing alongside a player like Akil Makar, so Ooh. long as he continues we'll to complement him. pretty good in seven years. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so long as they continue to complement one another in the same way that they do right now, that's going to be something to his benefit. And the other is the way that Devontae likes to play, the way that he defends. It is so smart. And that is the side of the game that is going to continue to be an elite portion of his game. It's yep. the well-timed stick checks, overplaying the body in situations where it might not be necessary because he can just outsmart the opponent. And because of the way that he likes to play then, I think that it won't be as brutal on his body moving forward as it could be for other defenders who play a really physically punishing game, like a Josh Manson, for example. And looking at those two things, it's still also, if he is playing alongside someone like Makar, he is an all situations type player, that is a lot of ice time. So I'm not going to get carried away that down a and little say bit, yeah. all seven years of this age <laughs> extremely well. But 
I do think there are a lot of reasons to believe that this is still going to be a pretty good contract at the end of it all. I think, uh, to your point, generally speaking, the first thing you see go as guys start to age out of their careers is the skating loses a step. And that's not going to kill Devon. It will probably bring him a step back. He probably won't be a 50-point guy anymore, things like that. But what makes him such a good defender, not only the intelligence, but his ability to get his puck on sticks. If that hand-eye coordination is still there, he will be regularly breaking up plays at 45, let alone 37, which is what the end of this contract would be for him. So I do think there are reasons to hope that the whole thing ages well. I also am not expecting him to be worth seven and a quarter million dollars at age 37. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of the reality. Uh, but maybe but, but, he does. Yeah, it does but, happen. But by then they got two more Stanley yeah. Cups and we're like, hey, who cares? Yeah, that's and, awesome. Good for hey, and, Awesome. And you buy him a steak when you see him at the restaurant. Well, you know, and, I'll buy you a steak. And I mean, who knows? Maybe yeah. by the time he hits 35, Bowen Byram has ascended and is exactly. is doing a lot of those things where Taves just doesn't have to have that big of a role. But a couple more points, though, to, to talk about like the intelligence you're talking yeah. about. like There's a guy named, I don't know if you know, if you've heard of him, but Nick Lidstrom. I don't know if you guys have ever <laughs> heard of him. Just some bum. Just some yeah. guy. And I remember <laughs> like playing against him. And we used to, you know, with the abs and, you know, have some game plans and say, Hey, well, let's dump the puck in his corner. We're gonna we're gonna punish him tonight. We're gonna make him pay, and especially in a seven game series, you know, like it's gonna pay off by game six and seven. And all of a sudden, we realized one day we're like, "What are we doing? <laughs> we, this is not what we were supposed to do. You're supposed to dump it in the other corner, whoever he's playing with, whoever it is. He's just not like Lindstrom because I don't care what you do, you can dump every puck in Nicholson's corner. And trust me, I was one of them. Like, oh my God, I'm gonna go and tag him. You know what I mean? Because I'm, you know what? That's my job. Let's go. And I'm going to go hit him. You can't. You can't hit that guy. You couldn't hit that guy. You go there. You're wasting your time. You go back to the bench. You're out of breath. And you're like, like a lost puppy. And it's like, those guys are so intelligent. They're so smart. And Devontae is an excellent skater, like you said, right? So that's his ability to get out of the zone. Those guys don't put themselves in tough positions. And they are so smart with the puck. And Kale's the same way. And that's why they're so lethal together. But I gain a lot of respect on Taves. Was was it last year? Was it the year before? It was last year, right? Then he was playing with again. Kale wasn't there, and he was, and even the year before, was it Sammy? They were playing with Kale and uh, Devontae's and played a few games. I mean, you had both rotating. It was. I'm sorry, it was Bo. It was Bo. And uh, and again, Bo was a young. Not not that Bo's a bad player. I'm saying he's just not Kale McCarr two years ago. It wasn't. You know what I mean? And (laughs) nobody's Kale McCarr. But that's my point. (laughs) Best player on the planet. But uh, you know. I was like, wow, this guy can carry a guy. He can yeah. carry. It's like we talk about line mates up front, right? These guys are drivers. They can carry. But this guy can carry a game. Like, you know, of course Kale can. So you put them together, it's outstanding. But I just wanted to say that about guys like that. Like, they're, they're so smart that, and I'm not comparing to Nick Lidstrom. I'm not. I wouldn't <laughs> dare do that. Nick Lidstrom, you're talking about top five player of all time. And I hate saying that about a Red Wing, but it's, yeah. it's, it's true. Kim uh, McCarr will be better by but the yeah, end yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But, but those guys are so cerebral and so smart that it just makes them so hard to, to hit yeah. and so dark, so hard to, to, to hurt them. Phys- you know when I say that? In a seven-game series, like physically, where they're tired by game six and seven. Those guys don't get tired. I think part of it, in the immediate, what is Devontae's weakness? He doesn't have one. It's a guy who... Is excellent defensively. We've talked about that a lot. He scored 50 points last year. And, you know, maybe the one complaint I had about him last year was like, boy, I would have really liked him to finish a couple more goals. The end of the year was seven. He probably should have had 12. He shanked a couple of backdoor easy ones. But even that, 
50 points from a defenseman. How can you ask for more than that? It's He's unbelievably good. I really do think this is a fantastic deal for Colorado, for the record. I know, however it ages, in the immediate, the Avs are doing as many cartwheels as Devontae should be doing about getting this deal done. So I think that's excellent there. The one thing I do wonder about with this contract signed, where do you go with the rest of the defense? Is there room to keep both Bo and Byram and Sam Gerrard in the future with Devontae's locked up in this role? And I, my answer right now is I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, I'll start with that one because we talked about a little bit before training camp and I got some flack a little bit on the chat. They're saying, oh, that's your plan. Like, well, my plan is you, you don't get rid of Devontae's. Like, <laughs> you're, you're either going to sign him or you'll deal with it next summer. Yeah. And, and you deal because what do I mean by that? And they're like, oh, what a great plan. Oh, <laughs> well, no, um, no crap. But there's so many uncertainty. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what's going to happen in the season. You don't know what's going to what's going to come out of the ascension of Bo Byron, like you said, the ascension of anybody else. So I, I think either or. I love the fact that now they're in control in a sense that they signed them, and now it, it's not like oh man, by the end of the year now he's worth nine and a half. You right, know what I mean? You're right. like oh crap. You know what I mean? Like, but they were in a, a situation either you sign them now. Or you wait till the summer, and then you figure out. And maybe he would have been the one that was going to go away or yeah. get traded. Or we don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. We assume that things are going to go well this year, as they should, and I, and and I do believe they will. But I like the fact that now now he signed, and then you you have a plan. And how do you fit all those guys right with with Nate's deals and Kale's deals and you know all that kind of stuff? And we got to look at Georgiev too, right? That's that's coming yeah. up. Yeah, those things add up quick, but they do have a plan. Chris McFarlane's a very intelligent man. Uh, from Joe on to, to, to that staff, everybody involved there knows what they're doing. They have a plan. They're sticking to the plan. The plan has worked. It will work again. It will work again. What I mean by that is by the silver thing. But somewhere, somehow, they'll have to make decisions. And I don't know. We'll see. Tampa has made some weird decisions. And even last year, everyone was talking about, remember, like, oh, they're going to lose Killorn for nothing. And I'm talking about two years ago. And then... Somewhere, somehow, they kind of, you know, you're going to say, oh, my God, they, they, they maneuvered the cap with, you know, but we don't know what's going to happen. So we'll see. And maybe something will pop in and pop out very clearly that this is the move they got to make to make sure that they keep everyone. And, uh, and maybe they don't have to make a move because we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, look, with the, the way the Avs have set themselves up, they now have McKinnon for the foreseeable future, have Taves for the foreseeable future. I know McCarr's contract isn't as long, but they will literally back up a dump truck to keep that guy. It's fine. They have him for the foreseeable future. <laughs> maybe they do the same for Rantanen. Maybe not. We'll see. I, I think they would love to keep Rantanen. If you keep those four guys, you're going to be competitive every single year, right? There's something interesting, too, about looking at the decor specifically. And it's so promising, even in the pipeline now coming up, that... Yep. I think they would make room to keep Bowen Byram sure. at the end of his contract. But I think it's going to come down to what Bowen Byram wants next. And some of that's going to de be determined this year and how many games he can stay healthy for and what kind of body of worth work he can string together then. Because he's going to make a case for if he could be a number one or two on a different NHL team at the end of this contract or not yep. in this next season, health permitting. And so I think that's going to be the greatest factor in whether or not 
Byram's future in Colorado is possible at the end of this current contract. I actually think it won't be affected so much by Taves in, in terms of like the value and whether the Avs can afford to keep Byram, but rather what role is available to Byram at the end of this current contract and how is Taves looking at that point in time? Because other than that, with Guliev being a promising prospect and Barron's coming on as my nephew. I know, I wasn't going to bury the lead. There we go. Barron's is coming up the ranks soon. Jeremy Hansel, if he continues to impress in Major Junior this upcoming year, like, it it doesn't make any of these people expendable, but it... But decisions do have to get made. You don't have as much leverage as, as maybe before. And depending on the type of role that a Byron wants to have down the line, definitely the extension affects it, but I think they would uh, make the money work because I think the cap's just going to continue to go up from here as well. There you go. So you're telling me they didn't rush to get this deal done because Bo took two boarding penalties the other night. <laughs> <laughs> they said you're out of here, kid. <laughs> no. Obviously, we're joking about that. Don't get it twisted, chat. Don't do it. Um, okay. Do we have any other thoughts about Bo before I move on? Or about Devon? <laughs> I wanted to ask Eric about yep. this. Because we've talked about Colorado as a destination for players. Like, when Claude Giroux was rumored to potentially come to Colorado and ultimately decided on Florida, I had some doubts. Like, is Colorado an enticing place to get players to come and play? And then I look at how Devontae's obviously left money on the table to stay in Colorado. And I also recognize that he's a father and there's a family involved in that decision making too. And I just wanted to know from the player perspective, how much of this we can attribute to Devontae's truly loving Colorado, the team, the organization, also not wanting to uproot his family and just kind of putting those pieces together. Well, the, the, you're right. Those are those are very smart things to think about if you're a player like He didn't just all of a sudden, oh, I want to stay in Colorado, you know. Of course, there's a family involved. There's kids involved. If you ask me, I was lucky enough to play in unbelievable cities. I played in New York City. I played in L.A. Played here, Toronto, a little bit. Um, great cities. And looking back at it, and, and it was in the era of the abs, whatever you call it yesterday, 1.0. The whatever, golden era 1.0. Golden, 0, golden yeah. era 1.0. We're in 2.0 now. And yeah, we're in 2.0. But 1.0, it was fantastic because Colorado is so special, so unique. It's a, I'm talking about as a, as, a, as, a, as a state, as a city. It is awesome. And you get here and you're like, oh, wow. Like it's like a hidden gem for people from the east or the west because we're in the middle, right? You know, And then you get here and you're like, wow, this place is fantastic. Two, you got to look at the players that are surrounding you. So for me, it was Sackick, Forsberg, and, and trust me, I wasn't afraid. I didn't have the choice to go wherever I wanted. And I'm just saying for those players, and if you look back, you know, it, who are the players? And that's why you saw Korea, Solani coming here because it's it's enticing. You're like, oh, my God, it's my contract here. I'm going to go play with Joel Sack. I'm going to score 60. Here's the money, right? <laughs> here, here it is, and I'm going to go win a Stanley Cup. Um, and then you look at management. I think it's very important. From when I say management, I include the coaches, I include all the the staff and everything that goes along with it. I think Joe C. Mack and company have a strong reputation right now around the league. And forget about making deals. I'm talking about to make sure the players come here and then the leadership group, right? Yep. Which just goes hand in hand. Gabe has done an unbelievable job uh, to make sure that. And again, don't forget about Eric Johnson and guys like that. The the welcoming environment and to make sure that the new guys are welcomed here and and this is how we do things here this is how we win this is how we we expect everybody to be every day at practice so 
it's very important and Colorado hits on all three right the state you know whatever the, the quality of life the players and the management so of course if you're from the outside you want to come in as we saw you know wood not Colton is a trade but guys like that and on the inside you want to stay because well, why would you go anywhere else I think part of that conversation shows through look at how many ex-avs settle in Colorado after their careers sure. guys like you yep. uh Hayduke lived here for years yep uh, still here. Still, yeah. He sold his big-ass million-dollar house. Still but here. he's still here. He's still here. <laughs> Doesn't have a hockey rink in his front yard anymore. No, but. not anymore. <laughs> the kids grew up. So. Well, the, I mean, it's awesome. It's a great place to be. And then, and when you hit with the 2.0 now, with the McKinnons yeah, and the cars exactly. and Ranson, and why wouldn't you want to be with those guys? Yep. Are you kidding me? You know. And then if you're already on the inside, then why would you want to leave? Because the grass is not always greener on the other side. Yeah. And that's why, I again, I go back to Taze and... I raised my hat to him because he really meant what he said, and I love that. Well, and I think over the last couple of years, too, what you've seen to add to that conversation is now you look at the McKinnon-McCarr core compared to, oh, sure, McDavid, maybe he's a better player, whatever. You can have that conversation. I don't care. My point is the Avs are winners now. They have that Stanley Cup under their belt, and people know, oh, I can go here and I can win. So even more so than just the really good players, they know they have an opportunity to get a Stanley Cup in their bag if they come here or stay here in, in Taves' case. For sure. So that's where I'm at with it. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by Illegal Pete's. You can go get your delicious burritos at any number of different Illegal Pete's locations here in Colorado. Highly recommend if you haven't been. Their ingredients are fresh and their queso is to die for. They also have delicious margaritas. Happy hour from 3 to 8 p.m. at Illegal Pete's. One just a couple blocks from the DNVR bar. Great place to pregame if you're coming down tomorrow to watch uh, the Avs take on San Jose at 8 p.m. at night because West Coast hockey is uh, a thing, I guess. Anyway, get to Illegal Pete's. Get your delicious burritos and other stuff, whatever it is that suits your fancy. Uh, and, yeah, enjoy it with your margarita. Also brought to you by Bet365. If you haven't had a chance to make it over to Bet365 yet, make sure you do. They make sure your sports are never ordinary over there. They want every play to be epic. So get over to Bet365. Sign up with code DNBR365. You can get a ton of amazing boosts through Bet365. They had... I was actually, like, shocked on opening night how many different boosts they had for the Avs game. The numbers were, like, ridiculous. There were too many to even count. So you got to get in on it with Bet365. Get over there while you can. Of course, you can also bet on everything under the sun, whether it be, you know, football, basketball, baseball, whatever you you fancy. I First uh, Counter-Strike 2, big major tournaments coming up this weekend. I'm going to be betting on that because you can do that with Bet365. So jump on it. Get in there with Bet365 and keep an eye out for the, the custom DNVR bet. We have our very own bet that you can get in on uh, at Bet365. So if you're a big fan of Dre, who runs our betting show, he usually gets them right. Take a look at those bets while you can. Uh, ride with DNVR and be sure to sign up with that DNVR365 code. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I'm going to move on from Taves. We don't have anything else to add. Mm. I just wanted to add one final thing. Go, go for it. That this might be one of the best D pairs in the league for years to come yep. with Cam McCarr and Taves, but also one of the nicest. Ah. Because in seeing the stat, right come, no, I know that's so funny, but in seeing <laughs> the stat about how 
Devontaves has finished like top 15 Eight to 12 yeah, yeah. finalists yeah. Norse in voting yep. um I found that both Kale McCarr and Devon Taves were in the top 50 for Lady Bing in the last three years as well. And I just wanted to add that fact that they're also very kind. Hard to do much better. And AJ, AJ's been crying for the last three hours of happiness. That's why he's not here. That's why he's not here. And he is so ecstatic. He couldn't control his emotions, so he could not come to the podcast today. Sure, he's he's going crazy in his, in his basement right now. Uh, okay, we do have a bet three six five top five. The show is originally going to be about things around the league, so this top five is about the best performances in opening games this season. Uh, starting off with number five, I took the true opening game of the season. Nick Paul had a three point night for Tampa Bay, put in two goals. A dinosaur? No, it's fine. Tampa Bay are turning into dinosaurs, so leave it. Uh, That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Paul had a great opening night, helped Tampa squeak it out over Nashville, which honestly might be a bad sign for Tampa Bay that they had to squeak it out over Nashville. But, hey, Seattle lost to Nashville the other night. so. And Jonas Johansson is a starting goaltender. (laughs) There you go. Should have given it to JoJo instead of Nick Paul. But that one, a little bit of fun. Number four. Uh, unfortunately, had to had to go with the Minnesota player on this one. But when you when you uh, I love this take when you have a forty one save shutout, even if you're a dinosaur, you uh, you get a little bit of credit for a forty one save shutout against the Florida Panthers, no less. So that's a Stanley Cup finalist from last year. Let me ask you guys this: Do you guys think Gustafson is for real in goal? At twenty four years old. I don't have to know that right now. <laughs> Not I, wrong. I think I think he's such a, a great value to Minnesota, and with Wallstead coming up the ranks, I'm I'm excited for him. I think okay. Gustafson and investing Gustafson and investing in him moving forward was such a smart move. And you got to look back to and say, how did uh, you know? Again, I don't really remember why, but why did Ottawa let him go? And then you know, then looking for a goalie and signing Corpus Allo and I mean, I'm just saying when you have it, yeah. Uh, kudos to. Again, for whatever the reasons were, for Minnesota to go and get him and you know, and stick him with him too, and, and really put him in situations like the playoffs last year, right? To to go and it's not that easy when you got Flurry right there, and you know, I, I, that's what I was gonna say. Is yeah. keep in mind they're a couple years removed from running Cam Talbot and Mark Andre Flurry, mm-hmm. two guys that both still have jobs in the NHL. So they actively went out and and targeted this guy, and then obviously Wallstead in the draft too. But I just looked; he might be twenty five, still very <laughs> young for a goaltender. <laughs> And I, I think that just was Minnesota capitalizing on Ottawa's needs at that time. They needed someone with a little more yeah, experience. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember what it I was. I think they like, needed more experience in that um, and yeah. didn't necessarily make the, the right judgment there. Yeah, fair enough. Look, I turned 30, and everyone from the age of 18 to 25 looks the same. So, so true. <laughs> Does it? They're all just children at this point, all right? <laughs> Playing a children's game for millions of dollars. That's what's happening. Uh, number three is the man who scored a hat trick on opening night, Austin Matthews. <laughs> Are you feeling good about the Leafs after that game or bad about the Leafs? Because, hey, they had a great comeback. They did win the game. They also got pushed to the limit against Montreal, which is a team we're not expecting to be great this year. 
he seems to like opening nights, right? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. an yeah. opening yeah. night yeah. killer for sure. Back then, three yeah. goals. Hey, what you learn from that team is well, they're pretty lethal offensively. I mean, obviously true. with Marner and Nylander, that power play was buzzing there. Like, oh my god! But uh, yeah, I mean, the question mark again is in net there. I mean, Samsonov is yeah to me not proven yet, and we'll see what he can do. Obviously, he had to go to Arb to to get his contract, but. I don't know. It was one of those games where it seemed like next shot was, you know, last shot was going to win the game, and it kind of did, right? Yep. You know, overtime. So, uh, I, I, coach's nightmare, you know, <laughs> when they look back at that game, they're like, oh boy, that was, oh boy, what was this? But uh, the Leafs have some, some firepower. So, they'll, they'll be in a lot of games because they can score goals. All right. That seemed like a generally positive outlook from you. I think so. Same boat, Megan. I'm not sure. Oh, but I'm not saying re- I'm not saying playoffs. I'm saying regular season. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be yeah. monsters in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, I I'll throw so. my full backing behind. Yeah, that. all right. Just outscore your problems. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Number two, you all, you all. Oh, sorry. Look, Miko ran in his kind of eight people like a velociraptor in that game. So it, the dinosaurs continues to apply. He's a moose, not a dinosaur. But, uh, yeah, he was outstanding. I mean, you know, it was funny because his, his first couple shifts were tough. Where They were tough to watch. Like, he, he threw the puck and gave it away a few times. And you're like, oh, boy, what is this? You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, special players make special things. And, and that pass he gives McKinnon, you know, we, we talk about Miko all the time. Obviously, he's a 50-some goal scorer last year. If you score 50, you know how to shoot a puck. Yep. But... That pass was absolutely on. There's five LA King guys on the right spots, and he gives it to McKinnon, and it's only a few players in the world can make those plays. He's one of them. I do think, obviously, early in his career, a lot of people said, oh, he's just a product of McKinnon or whatever, and while that has assuaged, (laughs) I do think at times people still do underrate him because I genuinely believe he is a top 10 one-timer in the league. I think he might have a top five backhander in the league. And certainly from behind the goal line, I think he's probably a top three passer. Like That vision yeah. from that spot of the ice specifically Unreal. on the power play. It's why you he's so unpredictable because whatever he decides to do, if he opts for the one-timer from the right circle, but the minute he's behind that goal line, You're you better just be worried afraid. too. Yeah. It's, and he works at it too, right? Every day at practice, he works at that little chip shot, right? That's going to work, what, three, four times this year? But he works and works at it. And then he works at that one-timer, and he works at that shot. They're picking the short side on the PP, right, from the right side. Um, he He's an elite player. So, you know, we talked about Tays being able to – but you're right. People say, oh, he only benefits from playing. We saw last year when McCarr – not McCarr, McKinnon wasn't around. Yep. This guy was dominant. He probably could, the best player in the, the league. That, yeah, that, he was those ridiculous. Two weeks, he was unreal. So he can do it on his own. He is his own identity. He is the different personality. He's more like, yay, laughy, you know what I mean? And, you know, but you could tell he didn't like his first couple shifts, and I think he was like, okay. Get it together. Regular yeah. season started. Let's get it going. And he was just dominant after that. I think he should work at Snarfs because <laughs> he knows how to sauce it a little bit, all right? Yeah. He's got the sauce down. Uh, number one, and I actually want to talk more about the other team in this game, but... Vancouver Canucks, as a whole, get a number one. Multiple four-point guys absolutely demolished Edmonton 8-1 to in their opening game. If you guys want to talk about Vancouver, go ahead. But I am far more interested in that. Look, I know it's one game. I know it's only opening night. No big deal. But is losing 8-1 to enough to make Edmonton panic a little bit? 
Well, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe they didn't know that it was regular season. I thought it was still preseason. Stop. But, yeah, I mean, panic. It's early in the year, of course. But, but it's a wake-up call. I mean, somewhere, somehow, it's an important game. I always say openers, like... It's almost like playoffs. It's almost it's more intense. It's, everybody's excited because the it, the summer's over and all the hard work is that you did in that summer is over and you're you're ready for a real game and then you get thumped eight one. Um, that that's a tough goal. And then we all know what the question mark is with the Edmonton. Fair or not with the Edmonton Oilers? Oh yeah, great team, but their goaltending suspect. Well, I mean, their goaltending was suspect that night, right? I mean, yep. it, it, whether it was Jack Campbell or Stuart Skinner, both Stuart Skinner, <laughs> they both had the identical numbers, and I, I you know, I feel I, I like it's it's our good old friend Footy Adam Foot. So I, I, I went Rick talking. So I, I, I'm happy for those guys. I, I and again, the cream rises. Their top end guys were outstanding, right? Yep. You know, Pedersen and Besser and. Miller and those guys, and then it was funny because McDavid was a little frustrated after the game, and he's like, "Oh, they even threw their backup goalie in the last five minutes, you know, like kind of taking it as a dagger a little bit to to the coaching staff Don't of, of the Vancouver." Then, but it's like, yeah, but it's it obviously it was Demko that was throwing up in his mask and that was dehydrated and cramping, and you know, like <laughs> could not stand in the net anymore, and. You know, again, I get it out of frustration after a game. Sometimes you don't know all the facts, and but but that's how frustrated they were, right? And it's it's, it's only game one, but I think, I mean, if I'm a betting man, I, I don't know what their schedule is. Like, I don't know who they're if they're playing tonight or tomorrow night. I, I Glad the Avs aren't playing them. But that's yeah. You don't want to you don't want to play an angry dog. I think that <laughs> team's gonna be an angry dog, whoever they're playing. Like, it's gonna be, yeah. I'd be careful if I'm their opponent tonight or tomorrow, whatever their next game is. Is there any concern there for you, Megan? Vegas has obviously gotten off to a good start this year. We'll see how the rest of the Pacific plays out. I'm pretty sure we all had Edmonton in the playoffs in our predictions. Can one game change your mind at all, or is it? No. <laughs> okay. No, all right. it, it can't, but it is interesting to look at the problems that I believe are what prevent Edmonton from being able to get across the finish line have been goaltending yep. defense and can they score 5v5 and their lone goal is on the power play in this 8 to 1 so matchup that's, and that's goaltending is right a problem there. so I'm like okay <laughs> what they need to do is prove me wrong then this doesn't prove anything new it they just need to prove me wrong and they have 81 more games to do it fair enough you did have Edmonton in fourth for the record on our predictions there so I maybe. I you, don't you knew, remember. You knew from the was beginning. Was that lower than what you guys had? Yeah, yeah. We, the rest of us all had them top two, I think. So. Yeah. I'm a woman of my word. There you I go. just didn't remember right how <laughs> Still making the playoffs, I would assume, given how down we are on the Central in general this year. But anyway, uh, we, could, we can move on from that. Uh, look, the Central Division if you're not the Colorado Avalanche, started out kind of slow. You had a, a Dallas-St. Louis game the other night that went all the way to a shootout, one-to-one. One. Uh, Nashville did, did beat Seattle after losing their opener, so, you know, at least there's that for them. I, I guess my question is, has the Central Division become more of a grinded-out division than an offensive juggernaut division that it has been in previous seasons? I want to ask that. Well, I think everything goes in ebbs. I mean, it's like peaks and valleys, and right. I mean, if we look at 
was it four or five years ago? Remember, like Chicago was. Oh yeah. I, I mean, it was like wow, St. Louis, Chicago Avalanche, and, and and yeah, I mean, it's weakened a little bit, obviously, the last few seasons, and. So is, I mean, is lower scoring games and and more grindy play just a byproduct of less talent in general? Then I, I would say less. I mean, remember you had Kane and Taze at their prime. You had yeah. right, you know what I mean. So, and you know, oh, Bedard's not good. No, it's, I I know that, but they they didn't have Bedard the last couple of years. But um, and you're gonna say they had Taze and Kane. Well, yeah, in different situations, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think it is a little bit different. I think it's more like we tend to look at, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl in the other division. And, you know, so you got McKinnon on this one with Ranton in. And, I mean, man, there's many ways to look at it. But I think, yeah, the, I think the talent pool has gone down a little bit in that division. And, and maybe it's gone to a little bit on the outside to different. But, but then again, Stanley Cup winners last year were, you know, I mean, the year before was. The Avs, which is the Central Division. Yep. Uh, and then last year, obviously, Vegas coming through. But I don't know. I look at it like it's ebbs and flows or whatever you want to call that, peaks and valleys. And some years you're going to have more teams. Like, well, what are they saying right now? The Metro is the, you know, the, not the Metro. The but Atlantic the, is the, the Atlantic, juggernaut division. The yeah. juggernaut. And, and teams are all up and coming. And then you feel bad for some teams at the end that might be in last place. But they're like, man, they're not that bad. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Again, there's different different years, different styles, different eras, different everything. So, yeah. Fair enough. We'll see. I, I expect the Avs yeah. to uh, run this division even more than I did, having seen some of these teams play the yeah. games that matter. Agree. Other than Dallas, but, you know, yeah. we'll see. I can only predict so much of the future. Uh, if you want to get tickets to a game in the future, you can hit up Game Time. Head on over there to Game Time to get your tickets. Uh, there's tons of different options at Game Time, and the best thing about it is you can get some of the best prices out there. If you're patient, if you wait till game day, you look for those last second tickets. You can get absolute steals of deals at Game Time, and when you use code DNVR, you can get twenty dollars off your purchase. So jump on it. You shouldn't have to worry about it when it comes to buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fastest, easiest way to buy tickets for all, not just sports, but you can get music, comedies, theater events, everything going on in your city. Game time has you covered. They've been used by over 15 million people. They have a bunch of great options. You know, they'll show you your seats. They'll show you what everything looks like so you can get in there and enjoy whatever event it is you might be going to uh, again, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Use that DNVR code to get twenty dollars off your purchase. Terms do apply, but get that DNVR code in there. Get those last-minute tickets at a low price, guaranteed. And then we're also brought to you by the people with the bobbleheads over at Foco. Fantastic bobbleheads all the way around. I'm not sure. I might just throw it out there that people in Vancouver might have done some bobblehead rituals against that Edmonton team to go eight-one. <laughs> Just just saying. Just saying it might have taken some voodoo to get to that score. So FOCO can help you with that with their bobbleheads. They do, of course, have a licensed apparel for all major sports teams in the country, too. You can use code DNVR with them over at FOCO.com to get 10% off your order. Get in there. Get whatever you want. If it's like a Crocs or their hoodie pullover jacket blanket thing, you can get that, too. The bobbleheads, too, of course. Uh Foco.com. Go check them out today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the Central Division and Chicago specifically. We know Chicago set themselves up to not be great. 
Connor Bedard has a goal and an assist through two games, but they lose Taylor Hall in this last game to injury, kind of leaving Connor Bedard completely on an island. Do you guys think they should look for help for Bedard? Or can the rookie kid handle it by himself up there? <laughs> the way the roster was constructed, even before Hall gets injured. It was bad. Was not enough support for Bedard alone. Because I think support for such a young player comes in the form of a more complete forward group. Like, they're investing so much in their depth in Corey Perry. Right. And I'm blanking on the name. It's like Jason Dickinson and Felino or the others. Felino, yeah. Dickinson, yeah. You nailed it. And right now, Donato, a player they bring in, who I thought was great depth for Seattle last year, is <sighs> developing chemistry with Bedard. And it's not like I'm against this. It's just that wasn't the role I think, personally, Donato was brought into play in Chicago. Sure. So I think it speaks to the need to potentially look for additional options to support Bedard, basically. Because I think right now... Donato and Bedard are finding chemistry, but he does require a special type of teammate because he is so creative and he comes up with passes that most players don't even think of that he needs somebody who's going to be receptive to that. Don't want and to turn him into Ben Myers. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> poor, I don't even know who's at fault there. It's, I'm not blaming Ben Myers. I'm blaming bobblehead voodoo. <laughs> but with Bedard, it is important to surround him with talent that's going to help him to grow in this That can league. live up to what he's doing. Yeah, I think for the sure. veteran presence is important. Like, I do think it was important to have veteran players like Corey Perry. It's just, it has to be a little bit more in the forward group to support him. And they need more throughout the entirety of the lineup because Bedard can only contribute through scoring goals. He cannot also be the goaltender and he cannot also play D. And so yep. there's just a lot of concerns for the way in which Chicago is constructed right now. As to be expected, too. This wasn't going to be in year one of Bedard a turnaround for Chicago. So there's time for them to figure this out. But Hall going down when that was meant to be such a big piece in helping him this year is definitely tough. Yeah, you wanna you you wanna surround him off the ice, which like Megan said, Felino, Perry, solid veterans, guys that have been like the Coglianos here in town, and you wanna make sure he has that around because you're only a rookie once, and you want to make sure you're, you're you're seeing the right things from from pros when you hear that. Oh, this guy's such a pro. Well, you want to see how they conduct themselves on a game day, on a non-game day, on the road, uh, with fans, <clears throat> with coaches, with teammates. It's very important. And then you want to surround them on the ice as well. And and I think we'll be looking back maybe in five years from now, looking back at the roster he had his first NHL game. Maybe we can laugh and have a chuckle. They're all NHL players. We're not saying that. We're not downplaying anything. No disrespect to anybody. But I think five years from now, we'll be like, oh, wow. That's what he had his first couple, yeah. you know, like yeah. his first year in the NHL. So it, they will grow. They will. And again, Taylor Hall was brought in for that. And yeah, I agree with Megan. Do you look somewhere else to to see if it is long term to, to surround him a little bit on the ice and make sure he's he's protected somehow, like from, from not, you know, not by himself on an island, which is a tough league. The NHL is a tough league. It is good players and then i know he's a good player but you need help well eric you are part of the abs front office when matt duchene came in and was kind of supposed to be the next one at the top of that organization and certainly as far as forwards are concerned what is that like how what kind of pressure is bedard facing in that situation well i i think he's 
pressure is uh, is a privilege, right? And I think he Definitely. takes it that way. Some people say pressure is tough. I don't think he's that kid. I think he's the kid that says pressure is a privilege. I am the next face of the NHL. He is. Let's face it. Obviously, I mean, <laughs> looking at the first couple of games, I I would think he's the next face of the NHL, uh, and with all the reasons. And and he's you know since he was 13, 14, he's lived up those last four or five years for this moment. I think he's got a good head on his shoulder, knows what to expect, but there's a lot of pressure. You're right. And then, and it makes it so much easier when you have guys around you to, to help you on the ice, to help you off the ice. And, uh, you know, and obviously a front office and coaches that, that will make sure you're put in situations that you're not going to look. And you want to learn because he'll be put in tough situations. He will be out there one day where, he gives up a goal, and you know what I mean. Like it's not always about going to get that goal when the goal is. You goalie's have to out, learn the hard way. Sometimes you have to yeah. learn the hard way, and he will. Um, it is a deadly league. It is just not friendly at times, and uh, he'll learn that. But I think they're doing it right, and, and I, I'm a big fan of Luke Richardson. I, I, I love this guy. I don't know him from. I played against him for years. I respect. I played hard. I, a good human being. Um, I, I think he will teach him everything away from luke no disrespect to him he was on you know played over a thousand games but <laughs> he doesn't have Connor bedard's hands in his shot so not many people let's do. not exactly it's not worried but luke will, will teach him how to be a pro how to be a complete nhl player and then i think he's got the right guy in luke richardson to to make him uh become that guy that the, the whole league and all the fans are waiting for i think in seeing to his first goal the wraparound, it yep. comes, that place is helped created from a talented pass from Seth Jones from behind the net. Yep. And this is where in talking about supporting Bedard with skill becomes important because he's able to do the Bedard things that make him really special and you're already seeing it through just two games. And it does need then some talent then to be around him. And there is some talent too in, in Chicago's lineup. It's just some. <laughs> it's just been made less with, with Hall going down. Yeah. But you yeah, see the right. potential with Seth Jones in that pass. It's like they can really do something special. Yep. It's how we talk about a player like Mika Rantanen being elevated by McKinnon, but still being so elite in his own right. Yep. You just want to support Bedard with the veteran sauce and with the <laughs> skill. And, and I think they just need a little bit more of the skill to really maximize so what Bedard is capable of. 100% agree with you on that. Uh, hi, Susie. Uh, okay. Are there any other around the league topics you guys wanted to touch on or should we get to the super chats? I don't think so. All right. A bunch of you gave super chats. So sorry. This is, I do not need to make this the footnote of the show, but we are going to be doing a DNVR abs takeover. It's not until January, January 24th, I believe. And it is also going to coincide with the abs pride night. And I know that there has been some concern about, the league-wide mandate banning pride tape from being used in this upcoming year. We're already hearing that there are players that are potentially just going to ignore this. Anyway. But yeah. I wanted to let people know that there's also going to be later this month, um, there's a group in Denver called Avalanche of Pride that is also an LGBTQ plus friendly club specifically for Avalanche fans, which I would recommend joining first and foremost. But we're going to be doing a watch party here at the bar October... 24th or 6th, I think. 4th or 6th. Yeah. I will get it on Twitter, too. But we just want to remind Avalanche fans, especially those here in Denver who might have been 
off-put by that news that this is a safe space and a welcome space for them to come and be a fan here. And they're welcome here at DNVR anytime. And we're going to show out for Avs Pride Night in January, later this next year. And I just wanted people to know that's at least where I, Megan Angley, stand on the subject. And I think DNVR as a whole also feels that way. Absolutely. And, and, on behalf of Megan... And everybody else here, the, we want to wish the Eagles tonight on their season. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Especially Megan. See, I knew, I knew it. I knew it. Aaron Schneekloth, right? It's uh, his first, first AHL, AHL game. AHL game. game. So, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, That's that Grand awesome. Rapids lineup is pretty, it's not free. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so it should be a competitive game. I, you know, like I was looking there a little behind in the transaction log i was looking for kiviranta to be officially added but assuming kiviranta is going to be a part of the forward group that's on the ice with them tonight avs or eagles <laughs> also look really good i'm here for it the so, baby avs and it's free to watch through opening weekend so all of you sitting at home you can watch the eagles play tonight 5 p.m mountain standard time hltv.com bam there you go see i'm with you megan uh all right let's get to those super chats $10 from Melanie, who says, have a good weekend. Go Avalanche. Thank you, Melanie. Always hanging out with us. $2 from BGH, who says, "This or that's Team Canada's number one pairing for under $17 million per. Yeah, a bit silly when you think about it at, at that level, that they are pairing number one at the Olympics if the NHL ever goes back. Which, please go back, NHL. I miss the Olympics. Uh, $5 from Vaguely Sober, who says, AJ couldn't make the pod today because his pants were not cooperating. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Couldn't get him on after the Javante signing, confirmed. Uh, $5 from Degro, who says, I'm making it to the live. Woo, so glad the Avs got it done. Yes. I think, I'll, I think everyone's happy that uh, this is not going to be a conversation for the entire year, and Devontae's is locked up. So thank you very much. Uh, $5 from Cody, who says, Hi, Megan. Hi, Rudo. Love DNVR. Also, love seeing Big E on the pod. <laughs> go abs, Cody. <laughs> there you go. And then a ridiculous Hello. amount of money, $50.75 from Craig Fitzpatrick, who says, Taves me, bro. Definitely taves me, bro. Happy Friday, guys. <laughs> My wife and I haven't seen you since the 2022 watch parties at the bar, but we hope to be back to Denver soon. Thank you for the $50, Craig. That's incredibly generous. We appreciate it uh, a ton. Yeah, I mean, I think that summed it up. Big news of the day. Forget around the league. Devontae's here to stay in Colorado. The Avs are uh, ready to run over everybody with the best pairing in the world. Ooh. What else can you <laughs> say? Uh, if you got run over by a pairing, or maybe uh, based on your conversation, Megan, you might need Bacchus and Shanker after the day. <laughs> oh, uh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> call 222-2222 today. Uh, if you've been in a car accident or something weird has happened to you that's not your fault, even if you've been injured at work, they've got your back. They'll give you a free consultation when you call that two number or go to coloradolaw.net. Uh, and if they think you have a case from your consultation, they'll take it on. You pay nothing up front. They don't get paid until you get paid. So when you win your case, you know, they will take their little cut, but they just want to get you what you deserve. So Give them a call at the two number, Bacchus and Shanker. They've got your back. They just want to get you what you deserve. That is it for this Friday show. We will have the uh, whole cavalcade tomorrow, pregame, watch along, postgame. You know the drill for game day. We hope to see you there. Until then, we'll talk to you on the next one. Go, 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 go.
Falls City like the mayor. 